Listener Production. US stocks end mixed on Friday with the Dow Jones Index up for its 10th straight day. And the local share market is expected to get off to a positive start ahead of key economic data this week. I'm Ryan. I'm Craig. It's Monday the 24th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Craig, we've retained the ashes. <laughs> we've retained the ashes. We've done it in an impressive way too, didn't we? Yeah, sort of with no play on the final day of play. It's as wet in Sydney this morning as it probably was in Manchester last night. But we digress. Let's move on to the markets. Yes, it was a pretty indeed. flat session on Friday, wasn't it? It was. It was flat as a tack, wasn't it? The Dow Jones only ended higher by two and a half points, less than one-tenth of one percent. Uh, if we look at the broader Standard Poor's 500, it was up by one and a half points, again, less than one-tenth of one percent. Uh, but the NASDAQ, a little bit of retreat in terms of the NASDAQ down a bit over 30 points, 30 and a half points or two-tenths of one percent. Investors Craig had braced for a volatile session on Friday as a flood of options expired before an out-of-cycle rebalancing in the NASDAQ 100 index. The index shuffle, which takes effect on Monday, is designed to reduce the dominance of mega caps and boost the presence of smaller members. So really, that did have a fairly minimal impact in the end, didn't it? Yes, I suppose there's so much uncertainty about the the coming week. We've still got the earnings season. Of course, they've got the US Federal Reserve meeting uh, this week. We've got the the key measure of um, inflation, the Core personal consumption expenditure deflator. We we love to talk about yes, you know, so that's at the tail end of the week. So there's a lot happening yes you know, over the week. And um, what we saw in terms of the sectors that six sectors were positive: utilities up one and a half, health up one percent, and um, on the negative side, communication services down half of one percent. And we did see technology stocks continue to sell off on Friday as investors looked to the results during the week ahead. We did see a disappointing batch of results earlier in the week, and that was reflected in what happened with Netflix shares. We did see them continuing to fall on Friday. They dipped by 2.3% after the video streaming company's quality results failed to impress earlier in the week. The other thing to note, Craig, as well, you probably noticed the Dow's playing catch-up at the moment, isn't it? Mm. So it has underperformed the artificial intelligence and technology-focused NASDAQ Mm. so far this year. And there appears to be a bit of a rotation into those other sectors taking place at the moment, like healthcare and financials. The rally's not just tech heavy anymore. So that's positive in some respects. We're seeing a bit of a broadening out as far as investor buying is concerned. Yes, if the technology sector gets too hot, then investors are saying, well, I still want to be invested in the market. So what's underperforming at the moment? What's likely to do well in in the future? And yes, let's get on board. We saw a fairly flat session on Friday, as you mentioned. The Dow Jones only up by 2.5 points. The S&P 500 was only up 1.5 points. And we did see the NASDAQ, however, down by 30.5 points or 0.2%. We saw some better outcomes in Europe on Friday. The FTSE Euro First 300 index was up 0.4%. And in London, the UK FTSE 100 index rose by 0.2%. So we saw the UK market actually lodge the best gains for the week. In fact, it was the best weekly performance in seven months last week for the FTSE 100 index. It was up over 3% for the week. And that was, of course, on the back of that lower than expected inflation rate towards the end of last week. But we also got an update on UK retail spending data, didn't we, Craig? Yes, we did. British retail sales grew by a faster than expected 0.7% in the month of June. That's despite high inflation. And that was well above expectations for 0.2%. So what we're seeing at the moment is that that relief reflected in terms of softer-than-expected inflation being borne out in better-than-expected performance in equities. But the data on Friday also showed that, 
despite the continued high inflation, we did see strong retail spending, particularly despite unusually hot weather and a rebound in food sales. So a continuation of spending taking place, particularly in the services sector around the world. And we get updates on purchasing manager indexes today. Craig, what are you expecting there? Uh, well, it's going to be an interesting outcome. Uh, certainly, the uh, this is the Judo Bank Purchasing Managers Index, um, the flash reading of factory and services uh, activity. And um, uh, I think what we're see- going to see is a fairly mixed performance. Yeah, so the Australian economy is uh, muddling along quite nicely, I think, at the, at the moment. Uh, what we've got is a strong job market that's providing some support for retail spending and for, for the housing market. We're not shooting the lights out, but um, certainly there's enough to, to be positive about in terms of our share market today, there was enough positivity, certainly, in the uh, the overseas markets to suggest that we'll move higher at the start of trade today. So futures is pointing to a gain of 29 points or four tenths of 1%. Uh, we, we did have some gains in the oil price on, on Friday. Uh, Brent and IMAX both up around about 1.8%. Uh, iron ore really did nothing. It was only up by four cents a tonne, but uh, the gold price was down by Uh, $4.30 an ounce, and that could weigh on the the gold sector today. So it's an interesting juncture we're at. And of course, the the key thing that we're looking ahead to is the the inflation figures coming out on Wednesday. Absolutely. And before we get on to those, let's just talk about commodity markets. So you mentioned the oil price up by 1.9% to 77.07 US dollars a barrel. It was a fourth consecutive weekly gain for oil prices. We saw the Brent crude price up 1.5% for the week with the US NYMEX price up 2.2% for the week. So one of the developments we did see over the weekend is Russia hitting Ukrainian food export facilities for a fourth day in a row mm. on Friday. So they're seizing ships in the Black Sea at the moment, and we have seen an escalation of tensions in the region since Moscow's withdrawal from a UN-brokered safe sea corridor agreement. So the shutdown of that grain corridor, Craig, could hit supplies of ethanol and biofuels that are blended with all products at a time when global grain markets are already tightening. So we could see food prices lift mm. on the back of this, and the seizure of ships could also add to risks around oil and other goods exports in the region. And we saw those supply worries reflected in higher oil prices in particular. Gold prices were fairly flat, as were iron ore futures, but we did see certainly a little bit of a fall in the copper price on Friday. It was down 0.4%, and people were disappointed with the announcement by Chinese authorities of measures to boost consumption of automobile and electronics items as part of a broader drive to shore up the country's faltering economy. So it seems that traders and investors continue to be disappointed by Chinese stimulus efforts at the moment, and that's weighing on commodity prices as well. But typically, when we see oil prices up, energy producers perform better for the day. So uh, certainly that's something to look out for as well in our local market. But the big news this week, of course, will be Aussie inflation figures. They're released on Wednesday. And then later in the week, we have the US Federal Reserve, European Central Bank, and the Bank of Japan. So what a week of central bank action we've got ahead of us. Well, it wouldn't be a normal week if there wasn't some central banks out there doing something. So it's going to be very, very important, yes, for the market to, to, to be able to watch those uh, inflation figures in uh, Australia. Uh, 0.9%, we're looking for the headline rate of inflation and 1% for, for the underlying. The headline rate would fall from 7% annualised to 6.1% annualised. Now, that's not 2 to 3%. That's where, that's where the Reserve Bank wants a 2 to 3% target band. We're, we're likely to get down to 6.1%. We have to see readings of really 5.5% to stop the Reserve Bank lifting rates again um, at the August 1 meeting. 
Yes. So if we do see the headline number ease back to 6.1 or 6.2%, mm. this would be the slowest quarterly increase at, since September quarter 2021 around the Delta lockdown phase of the COVID crisis that we had back then. So we are seeing some progress on the price front, but we've got a very long way to go. So this reading will be critical for the Reserve Bank meeting the week after. Yes. And and certainly the other focus this week will be certainly on what happens with the US Federal Reserve and European Central Banks. And they're both expected to raise interest rates by 25 basis points, but the greater focus will be on signalling from policymakers on whether more hikes are likely or if they plan an extended pause. Yes, I think it'll be fairly much data dependent. Uh, the, the central banks like to keep us guessing at the moment, wanting to massage inflationary expectations. Is if they say, well, we're done and dusted, yes, we're not going to increase r- rates again, people say, okay, it's off to the races, you know, so we'll just you know, so go back to our usual behaviour. They want to balance supply and demand, get those prices you know, sort of down, and once they're down, then they can start thinking about you know, sort of the interest rate cuts, but they're not even thinking about interest rate cuts I think we're a long way off those yet, probably 2024 story, that one. And of course, the outlier is the Bank of Japan, whose officials appear to see little urgent need to address the side effects of its yield curve control program at this point, though they expect to discuss the issue according to people familiar with the matter. So just to explain yield curve control, we had this in Australia back during the, the COVID period, and that's where they keep interest rates in terms of the 10-year or three-year government bond yields anchored near zero, and that's to keep those market interest rates and borrowing costs down for both businesses and also individuals. Speaking of market interest rates, we forgot to mention that the US 10-year Treasury yield was down by two basis points to 3.84% on Friday, but the two-year bond yield was up by just one basis point to 4.85%. So we did see a slew of US economic data late last week that left mixed signals as to whether the US Federal Reserve is nearing the end of its interest rate cycle. And we did get some mixed readings, particularly around the labour market. We saw those jobless claims on Thursday fall back. And at the same time, we did see existing home sales ease. So while that didn't happen on Friday, it happened on Thursday. It did have an Mm. impact on the Treasury market on Friday. So a lot to digest this week. In terms of our market today, Comsec has released its State of the States report. And uh, Craig, Tasmania, best performing economy yet again. It is. It's still number one, but chafing at the bit. Right on its heels is New South Wales in second position. Then we've got South Australia third, Queensland in fourth position, Western Australia fifth, Victoria sixth, ACT seven, and Northern Territory eight. We put a little bit more focus on growth rates. Now, what we do in terms of the the Comsec State of States report is a measure of economic performance. So we look at the, the last variable retail spending, if you like, compare that with the decade average. And that gives us a relative sense about which economies are doing best. But it's also a case of momentum uh, where the, the growth rates are going for, for some of the eight indicators that we're looking at. And number one there is New South Wales and Queensland is number two. So those two states have the potential to move their way further up the, the leaderboard and challenge Tasmania for first position. But this is all important for, for businesses in those states be able to see how things are performing and to be able to compare themselves against their peers in other states and territories. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have the Purchasing Manager Index is released today, as you mentioned, and we'll be looking at how fast inflation is falling and how resilient economic growth is for Australia. The surveys will provide details on industrial prices, service sector inflation, 
sectorial pattern of demand. So really around consumer spending and whether labour markets are continuing to hold up and tightening, pushing wages higher. So if you look at the June reading for Australia, factory purchasing manager index came in at 48.2, which is Mm. below 50, which means a factory sector is contracting at the moment. We're seeing goods demand weakening on the back of people spending more money on services. The services sector is still expanding at 50.3 points in June. So the question now is whether that eases towards the 50 level or in fact contracts in the month of July. So that'll be something to look out for today as a sign that the Australian economy is being held back by those interest rate hikes. Now, the other thing that's being released today is South 32 is providing its production update. So that diversified miner will be a key focus. We get purchasing manager indexes released by S&P Global around the world. And of course, just as an entree for the rest of this week, there's going to be a big focus on earnings in the United States. Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta platforms are the key ones that are being released later this week ahead of the US Federal Reserve and European Central Bank meetings. Well, thanks for your time, Craig. Really appreciate you sitting in for the big man, Tom Petrosky, who's having a lay-in up there in the Blue Mountains. And I hope everyone has a fantastic Monday. Great start to the week. And please listen to Stevie and Laura with the afternoon Comsec market update. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.